Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. 6.30 Chad and the Edmonton Oilers Hockey Club present the show that is everything Oilers. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Office Equipment Solutions North America wide. Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A on Oilers Radio. 6.30 Chad. Opening hour of the show, we had Ken Hitchcock to lead off and then Louis DeBrusque. This show keeps getting better. Second hour of the show, Brian Burke and Jay Woodcroft, who's won eight straight games down at Bakersfield in the American Hockey League and uh, some real traction with some young prospects. And they're not elite-level grade-A prospects, but there's a lot of guys coming. They're starting to build some depth there. This is the second hour of Oilers Now, and it is brought to you by our title sponsor, Digitex. Hugh Porter and the gang at Digitex. They've got it all. PCs, copiers, supplies, printers, laptops, IT, plotters, software, and now... Digitex can manage your corporate cell phone plan, saving your company. Wow, saving your company uh, money. All your uh, devices managed at digitex.ca. Again, this is the second hour of Oilers Now. We're going to head off to our River Cree Resort and Casino hotline. Pleased to be joined by a guest that's brought to you each week by Canadian Power Pack, Alberta's leader in electrical construction and service, electrical prefabrication and solar. We welcome back to the show longtime NHL executive, now analyst for NHL Hockey and Rogers, Brian Burke. Hi, Brian. How are you? Good, Bob. How are you? Uh, you know what? I got to tell you, like I stayed in town to do the show over the week on the heels of uh, uh, Peter Shirelli being fired. Uh, I, I I want some games going now. You know what I mean? Time to to get back at it. And um, this is something that was completely. We're gonna we're gonna go a little off uh, track here to just to begin with. I mean, could you have imagined something like this 15 years ago? Teams having like a 10 or 11 day break uh, during the season. I guess other than the Olympics, but a 10 or 11 day break during the season. Yeah, and I thought it was a really dumb idea. I thought it was a, a really uninformed request by the Players Association to take off five straight days. And the compression it puts in the schedule elsewhere uh, really bothered me. But when I see it, i watched it over the last few years, and I see how the players look forward to it and how it energizes them for the stretch run, I, I actually support it now. I hate the, the fact there's only a handful of games every night for a few days, but... Uh, when I see what it does for the players, I think I, I think I'd support it again. Uh, just for the record, so what you're saying is sometimes you have thoughts, and years later you think maybe you might have been wrong on something. Oh Christ! How long? How long a show do we have today? <laughs> I look at that mirror every day, and I, yeah. you know, I I know this. I've never won an argument with my wife. I can tell you. That. 
Well, I'm not. I'm one of those guys who has no problem admitting when I was wrong because I'm wrong a lot. All right, Brian Burke joining us here in Oilers now. Uh, Brian Keith Gretzky is, and you, you had a you you mentioned last week you're friends with Peter Shirelli. Um, Keith Gretzky was brought in by Peter Shirelli into Boston's organization in 2013. He joined the Oilers organization in August of 2016. Um, this is not an easy situation because of some of the cap issues and the fact that the Oilers have Andre Sekera potentially coming off of LTIR. Um, there are some challenges here for Keith, to say the least, aren't there? Yeah, there are, and I reached out to Keith. I mean, I've said this before to listeners so they understand um, the preparation I do for this show and for all my radio shows is I usually text either the coach or GM, sometimes both, and say, I got radio tomorrow. Uh, anything you know, anything going on I should know about, or any. And Keith sent back a nice note, said you know, you know, appreciate the the help. And uh, he said he, the one number one thing he wants to see is them to play to compete for sixty minutes and play with more confidence. He thinks they lack confidence, and I agree with that. Watching the team, they appear, they appear afraid to try things at times now. So um, this is you know, I think Keith, it's a hard situation for Keith, but every hard situation is an opportunity too. Where if he can pull some rabbits out of hats, people don't forget those things. So I think he's well positioned to help here. All right. Well, the bottom line here is the Oilers might have to offload some money in order to even acquire anything. And people go, well, the obvious is Cam Talbot. And I'm not convinced that's something that happens in the short term, meaning the next four or five days. I think that's more likely closer to the trade deadline. Uh, In your management career, did you have trades that just sort of happened and and then other other trades that literally took – months to work on yeah some some took months and months and uh some kind of popped out of nowhere where a guy i remember i made a trade with glenn sather at the trade deadline uh I traded santa sozo lunch to them and they had not asked about ozolunch once and we had had ozolunch was a really good player and a good guy but he had gone into the substance abuse program that year so teams were avoiding him even though he came back was sober played well um, and then we had we were talking to teams about him, but everyone was kind of nibbling. They were like, you know, would you do him for a fifth or a sixth? And I'm like, this is my first year in, in Anaheim. I liked her team. And we ended up losing to Edmonton in the conference finals. Yeah. So I'm like, no, I'm not just giving him away. I like him. I'd like to keep him. And I kept Bruce Lansolet that same year. We got all kinds of trade offers on him. And I said, no, I, I need him for my run. But the day of the trade deadline, Slots called up and said, what would you take? I said, I'm not doing it for less than I think it was a second. Might have been a third. And we did the trade in 10 minutes. So <laughs> it does happen fast, but uh, normally you got to do some some spade work for it to happen. How much has the uh, salary cap completely changed the dynamic? Oh, it's, it used to be simple to do trades. You get, If your coach was struggling and your team was scuffling a bit, you could make a small trade in a matter of 48 hours and get some help in there and show them that you were help, you know, helping them to get out of the ditch. Um, salary cap now, everything, some teams just can't make trades unless the money lines up dollar for dollar, penny for penny. Was there general managers that called about everything and seemed, kicked tires and ran on everything versus guys that you knew when they called? They were, you know what I'm saying here? Like, yeah. Uh, where there's, there's other guys that when, when they called, you knew they were damn serious. And they, they, hey, they obviously had targeted something that you, uh, you guys had. Well, you, you try you make three kinds of calls. You make your due diligence calls, which are I tried to talk to every GM every 10 days. 
even GMs that I could not make deals with, even GMs that did not have players I was interested in. But what, what would annoy you and anger you and was kind of unprofessional if it happened to you was when a player moved and you didn't know he was on the block. So if, if Joe Smith gets moved from Minnesota to Edmonton, I might not have any interest in Joe Smith, but I should know he's available, and I should be making a decision that we're not in on that one. So you make your due diligence calls, and then the second kind of calls are fishing calls where you're listening to a radio show and you hear this guy might be available or you read it somewhere, and now you're fishing. You call a gym and say, I heard somewhere this guy's available. Is that a guy you'd move? And then the third kind are targeted calls where you've already had your preliminary discussions and you're calling and saying, let's, let's get this done. I want to make this, make this deal. We're joined by Brian Burke, presented by Canadian Power Pack, Alberta's leader in electrical construction and service, electrical prefabrication and solar. Uh, we've discussed once before the genesis of the whole Pronger deal. I mean, my understanding was the Oilers reached out to like five different organizations. You know, like they'd look at Florida who had Bowmeister, or maybe they looked at Chicago at Seabrook. These are hypotheticals. But you were, would it be correct to say you were fairly assertive that, you know, you realized Kevin was in a tough position there? But you gave up a lot, and when you look at it, when you made deals, were you looking for win-wins, or were you looking to win every deal and crush the guy? Well, when we when I first got in this business, it was all pirates. They all, their their goal was to crush you in the deal. The deal was, their goal was like Lou Nanny, Bill Torrey, Cliff Fletcher, these guys. Their idea of a fair trade is that you were in trouble job-wise after it was over. <laughs> and um, I think the younger guys now, guys starting with my group, but especially the younger guys now are trying try to find fits that work for both teams. The best trade is a trade that works for both teams because then you can make another trade. Yeah. So, um, you know, from my perspective, I've always tried to make it work for both sides. Um, a couple times it hasn't. But I, I, the best trade you can make is one that works for both sides. In Kevin's case, Scott Housen had passed out trade proposals to, I think, four teams. So he came to our table and handed us a piece of paper, and it said, Laddie Smee, Joffrey Lupo, first-round pick, and question mark, something else I think it was for. They should have saved it. And um, so we did. We said we'd do the deal right there, but we didn't have the tagging room. We were in a cap situation where uh-huh. we couldn't do that deal. So I said to Kevin, you got a deal. We'll do it after the first. And so I called after the first, and he said, uh, I'm not sure I'm not punching your ticket to the finals if I do this. And I said, I think you are. And you're right. If you are, you deserve something else. So that's how we put the second first in. We had to have played in the Stanley Cup Finals to get the the second first round pick in that deal, which turned out to be Jordan Everly. Yeah, which was the deal was the deal was fair. We gave up a lot to get Chris Pronger, and we had a parade. Yeah, there you go. Uh, we're joined by Brian Burke. Brian, Ken Hitchcock yesterday received the Order of Hockey Canada. Uh, you know, I, as you know, I, I was the SID at the University of Alberta and grew, kind of grew up watching hockey under that guise. Uh, and, and there is a very unselfish and giving program. That was Claire Drake's philosophy. Just a thought on uh, Hitchcock, who's very popular in the Edmonton market. We should mention that. I mean, he's seen as one of ours. Um and he certainly pays homage to those that have come before us. Well, this is a uh, great honor to a great guy and a great coach. I mean, it's not just Hitch isn't just well liked in Edmonton. He's got friends everywhere, including including in my truck right now, me. And um, I think he's been a hell of a coach in our game. I first met him when he was coaching in Kamloops. We had him as a guest coach in training camp. The Canucks were training on Vancouver Island. We used to bring in one junior coach and one college coach, one of Pat Quinn's innovations. 
And uh, we had we had Hitchin as one of those coaches. That's where I first met him. So they got to go on the ice with the real players, run a real practice, and it was quite a thing for these these coaches. It was a real feather in their cap. We filmed them on the ice with our top players like Tony Canty and Stan Smeal, and then we gave them the, the film to take home. You could use it for recruiting purposes or with the local news. It was a big story. Ken moves them uh, reporters down, Ken Hitchcock and this. So I go back. That would be 88, I'm thinking. Yeah. That's how far back I go with him. So um, this is a well-deserved honor. He's, he's had success at every level. He's won in junior, won in the NHL, won in international hockey. And the other two uh, recipients, obviously, well-deserved as well. So congrats to Hitch. Yeah, Jana Hefford and George Kingston, the longtime coach of the University of Calgary who played for Ken Hitchcock. Brian Burt joining us right now. It's, and you gotta you got to pay it forward. I mean, I, I know during one of the lockouts, uh, Ken Hitchcock worked with Guy Godowski at Princeton. Guy is now the head coach at Penn State. Guy was my uh, center. Uh, he, w- he was undersized at that time uh, with the, the Southside Athletic Club back in the day. So, And, and that's what I wanted to ask you about. Um, you know, there, there's a GM search that's going to take place with Edmonton. One of the things, in fairness to the Canucks, that I thought they did pretty well, uh, and it was after you were long gone at that stage, but they uh, sports science and how, you know, analytics, we've, we've talked your, your infamous line about the lamppost and illumination and all that with analytics. What do you think, uh, how, how has sports science changed for the players out there? Well, I think there's two things. I think if you talk to someone working on pro sports and talk about sports science, you'd be talking about the, the fitness testing, the metrics of the business itself, not not analytical data on players. I think sports science to me is that's your medical team and your nutritionist and your strength coach and your but the the, the analytics side, the, the metric side of it, uh, the number side of it has grown exponent. Well. It hasn't grown exponentially. It's been created out of nothing. It didn't exist 25 years ago, 20 years ago, 15 years ago. And, of course, it became popular in baseball. And it is baseball is the sport best suited to this type of analysis. But it, it's had a tremendous impact in hockey. And this is like everything that's new. You know, you, you ignore new trends at your peril. If you're a guy that's had success doing it the old-fashioned way and you're not willing to learn some new tricks, you're going to be an old dog. So it's, to me, we had the best analytics guy in the NHL in Calgary, Chris Snow. Um, I embraced analytics. I just, I also feel what these analytics people have successfully done, and it's a compliment to them, but it's just bizarre that anyone could do this, is they've created an industry that needs to hire them. So the, the, the Maple Leafs have five guys in hockey analytics. That's ridiculous to me. Get two good ones. You know, and, and I met one of the women who works for them. She's fantastic. But five full-time people, I'd put, if I had five bodies, I'd put two in analytics and three in the field. Because I think it's the third tool of scouting. Your first tool is eyeballs. You know, you want to see the player play. Your second tool is background checks. Talk to everyone he's played with and against, all the coaches, everything. Build a case on that you know this guy inside and out, at least with your top three three-round picks. Yeah. Absolutely. So I, I think analytics is overblown. I think it's extremely valuable, but it's still all about watching the players play, projecting them, and then doing your homework on what makes them tick. All right. So I fired a tweet out about three weeks ago and said, there's a guy at the University of Alberta, Luke Phillip. You know who he is. Uh, your former team, the Calgary Flames, had Craig Conroy in Regina last weekend, Friday night and Saturday. It's not like he went to a game in Calgary. 
He went into Regina to go see him and a couple other guys play. Is that a sign that you got to find players everywhere? Because you know there's there's a huge crush every year to find you know sign NCAA uh, free agents. Some who may only help you at the AHL level. Now, I don't know if you believe in that that you sign guys that can only be AHL players because some organizations don't believe in that. Every guy that's got to be signed has got to have a chance to play in the NHL. But uh, the youth sports level is kind of you know thrown aside. But is there, and it's, I guess it's the same, you know, over in Europe. There's some, you know, obviously everybody scouts uh, Sweden and Finland. But you got to be open, don't you, to, to, to checking and looking for new sources of players all the time? Yes. If you find a player, you don't have to draft them. Like David Riddick is playing, playing goalie for the Flames. They got him for nothing. They went and scouted him and signed him as a European free agent. So you get a player, the starting goaltender, and you didn't expend even a fifth-round pick for him. So it's like finding a wallet. So to me, it's like, yes, this is worthwhile. Now, if you look at the total dollars that have been spent on the NCAA college free agents and the number of effective players, it, it has been a poor, a poor uh, well. You know, it's not a dry well, but not a good well. Right. Because the number of players signed, the number that have actually played and, and made contributions, um, it's small. But but the ones that are there, Tyler Bozak, Joel Otto, you know, they've had Gregor, Steve Ruchin was a CIS kid. Out of Western Ontario. Sure. Yep. So yeah, so I'll, hang on a second here. I gotta my daughter's just getting in the truck here. I gotta pull up so she can get in. I try to finish this interview before they get out of school, but they just left them out oh, early. Hey, we can we can we can let you we can get you rolling here. No, Brian. keep going. All keep right. Going. So anyhow, um, you, you gotta find so Yeah, so you gotta you gotta look wherever they are. Europe, U Sports, NCAA any, anywhere you can find a player that, that makes your team and there's no asset cost, you're ahead of the game. Brian, we appreciate your time. Spend some time with your daughter, and we'll hook up with you next Thursday, okay? All right, thanks, Bob. You Take bet. Care. Take care. That is Brian Burke. Brian Burke's appearances on Oilers Now are presented by Canadian Power Pack, Alberta's leader in electrical, construction, and service. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline electrical prefabrication and solar it's 123 in edmonton this is oilers now this is connor mcdavid from your edmonton oilers and you're listening to oilers now with bob stoffer on 630 chad it's 126 in edmonton you know what you know when you've got some guys that uh, bring some juice to the show when people are texting back and forth uh scotchy says brian please uh, come and be our GM. Uh, Brian has already stated he's not interested in that position. Uh, you can text us at 630-630. What? I can't read this text. Uh, out of Lloydminster, Alberta, but thank you for your wonderful positive thoughts on that regard. Uh Let's deep dive into toughness, and if there's a place in today's game for it. We asked him that question last week. 
if you recall, right at the end. Like, we're not going to ask him the same question. This text comes to us. Hey, Bob, Brian is friends with Ron Wilson. Did you know that Ron Wilson still holds the NCAA record for points scored by a defenseman? 250 points in 111 games at Providence, 73-77. to Not bad for the guy that you said invented the game of hockey from Fear of the Fin. I've not made that reference in a long time. Ron, Ron Wilson was a pretty decent head coach back in the day. Uh, this text comes in from Ron, a different Ron. Brian Burke is the most educated hockey guy in your show. The Oilers need to whis- uh, listen to his wisdom. Uh, again, you can text us at 630-630. Tweet us at Oilers uh, now. Uh, Jason from Sangudo. Brian Burke says a hard situation can be an opportunity, too. Not sure our wives will buy that, but it's worth a try. From Jason at Sangudo. I'm not sure what he's saying there. Uh, is that a double entendre? Who knows? Uh, you can text us at 630-630. Tweet us at Oilers now. 128 at Edmonton, I believe that is. Off to a global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell. When we come back, to this show today, Ken Hitchcock, Louis DeBrus, Brian Burke, and we'll get an update from the farm where Jay Woodcroft's won eight straight games. This is Oilers Now. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio. 630 Chad.